I don't think we probably are having dec uh, technical difficulty. I think What's that? Oh, shit. <laughs> That's boom. Do the thing! <laughs> Do, Do the thing! Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to the massive episode 250 of Lave Radio. We are the uh, show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it, that, in fact, are sitting in front of me. Hello, guys. Hello. <laughs> nice. We should have probably had a microphone facing forward for that bit, but uh, well done, guys. Uh, I'm your host, second technician, uh, Fozzer Forrester, and joining me in Sedgwick Hall in Northamptonshire in the United Kingdom on planet Earth in the Soul System for LaveCon this year, we have Commander Toxic. Good evening, afternoon, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, did I catch you out there? It's not Tuesday, we're not at home. <laughs> uh, next to Toxic, we have the wonderful uh, Ben Moss Mudwood, otherwise known as Commander Adler Weiss. Good afternoon, Commander. Good afternoon, and on my left, we have the wonderful Commander Shan. Hello. Hello, Shanigan. Oh, Shanigan. Shanigan. Shenanigans is currently at uh, Colonia. So okay, fine. You, you're safe. Excellent. Okay. Uh, and we have a ringer. A dead, not a dead ringer. We have a, a <laughs> no, ringer. Yeah, no, no. Greetings. Welcome to the show. Who are you? Hello, I'm Commander Shockenor, or uh, otherwise known as John Lunn, one half of Spider-Mind Games. Welcome, sir. It's great to have you on the, uh, on the show. Uh, if you'd like to join us, uh, you can. You could buy a ticket about two months ago uh, when we were selling them and come down to uh, Northampton. Otherwise, uh, you can uh, join us on the, the Twitch stream. We're not doing anything in in-game, unless the land room's doing anything uh, exciting, um, but we, uh, we are here at LaveCon, we've been here for the last two days, some of us since Friday, uh, basically catching up with the community, uh, catching up with Frontier Developments and doing all sorts of really good stuff uh, with the most amazing community in the gaming universe. So um, by all means, if you haven't joined us this year, then uh, I, th I think we'll probably do it again next year, do you think we'll do it probably. again? Probably. Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's probably a safe bet that we'll probably run something similar again next year. So make sure you, uh, you get here uh, for next year. Don't we, make it sound like there's doubt, Fosley. We will be here next year. <laughs> we, we will be here next year. There's always some doubt as whether or not we'll come back to see the hotel because it just seems to be getting bigger and better and you know, the ticket seems to sell out so quickly that maybe uh, we keep on threatening to, to get a bigger venue. But uh, I think the hotel here is so like kind to here us. As well, well yeah. the hotel are so nice. It's, and a, it's a home away from home. It is. They just need to expand for us. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All people just need to press by F5 quicker. You know, be quicker on the F5. <laughs> we've also, I suppose, we've expanded the, uh, the camping uh, uh, tickets as well. So even though there's no more room in the hotel, you can pitch a tent up in the, in the grounds and, uh, and do that. Although I did feel slightly sorry. Well, no. When I arrived... 
the sun was shining, it was glorious, there was people sat outside their tents with their, you know, their camping chairs, and it just looked absolutely idyllic, it looked fantastic. And then Saturday happened, and we were all looking out the window where there was an absolute massive sort of thunderstorm, a downpour of rain, just as we were about to do the, uh, the group photo for the year. And I couldn't help but think about those wonderful people that have brought their tents, thinking, yeah, maybe being in the hotel is a better idea this year. But it's Britain. You don't go camping and expect dry weather. You go to a camping and you expect it to rain. No, well, yeah, okay. So that, that's fair. That's absolutely fair, Ben. It's, to be fair, it's Britain. And if you're choosing to camp, then you have to deal with the weather that comes at you. Yeah, that's true. There was a commander who I'll let remain anonymous, but got his got his tent from Amazon, put it up, says it's a nice three-man tent. Then he finds out it doesn't have a front door, hmm? and it's not actually long enough for his legs. <laughs> How do you get a tent that hasn't got a front door? Or is not long enough for your legs? I, I'm guessing it's one of these I'm fishing kind of shade tents or something like that. <laughs> not an actual sleeping tent. But it's still surely got to have a... Oh, has it just got an opening? It's just... Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. So it's, it's literally what, is it a, a bivouac. Is that what they're called? I don't know if we've got any fishermen in the room, but I think it's a bivouac where they've got the tent with the opening. and the. It's the Bear real special. <laughs> so the fact that it... Peed a down with rain on Saturday yeah. nights was probably not great for that guy. Well, he, he was more worried about getting molested by rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been training the rabbits to do, Ben? I blame Alvin for anything like that. In fairness, you yes. You can't blame Alvin. The, the rabbits here are quite prestigious, is that the word? There's a lot of them anyway. <laughs> says Gran from behind uh, the curtain. Yeah, they are. There, uh, there is quite a few of them just uh, rambling around the the grounds. The grounds of which are, are lovely. But yeah, it's nice to see all the uh, the rabbits. There's no, there was no uh, no larping. There was jugger. The first year we came here, those people that weren't yeah. here or don't know what jugger is, it's um, uh, it's kind of like a cross between American football, rugby, and uh, with weapons. Uh, with weapons, with larping weapons, and. Uh, yeah, it was, it was great fun. There was a little bit of concern about some of our patrons who haven't tried it before, and maybe you know, I take myself into consideration when I say this, you know, haven't been doing a regular exercise regime for a while, and then, uh, you know, give me a broadsword and a, a foam shield, and then suddenly I'm Conan the Barbarian storming through the ranks. Uh, I was a little bit concerned that we might have a few heart attacks before the first game with Jugger was finished. Yeah. Is that the year all the five-year-old? You made all the five-year-olds cry by chasing after them with a broadsword. In fairness, they were they were my, my level of opposition. You know, the, the, the six and seven-year-olds were probably the only ones that I could actually beat. So uh, I make no apologies for that whatsoever. Uh, anyway, I have a feeling we might have digressed I again. Um, so, LaveCon, what we're going to do for this particular show, we're going to uh, go through some of the weekend highlights. Uh, we'll go up and down the panel to, uh, to discuss what we've, uh, what we've really enjoyed, some of the things that we've, uh, we've heard. So obviously, we've had the, uh, the Frontier panel. We've had a few, uh, a few uh, reveals from that one, some of them revealing, some of them... Uh, yeah, some of them not so revealing, considering that we might have seen some of them before they arrived, which was uh, upsetting for them. But yeah, it's been it's been uh, a great uh, a great frontier uh, panel so far. So, and then we've also got the the wonderful audience that have joined us here. There's a few people milling around the hotel, playing board games and stuff that I'm sure will will drop in um, as we go through the show. But we're going to have an open mic to the audience to to get a bit of a feel about what people in the room have really enjoyed about LaveCon this year. Um, and then we're going to wrap up our, our 250th 
250... Our, our show. Uh, our show with the one after 249 and the one before 251. 250th. That, that, yeah, that one. That's the one that we're doing. 50th. That's, yeah, yeah, so our, our, our show. So let's start off with... Um, well, actually, let's start off with our sponsor, our fantastic sponsors this year, Spider-Mind Games, who came to, uh, to obviously do the uh, Elite Dangerous roleplay stuff in the board games, but they also had the, the, the latest project, which obviously is the Elite Dangerous Battle Cards games, which uh, some people have tried. I think this is probably what it's... Uh, second or third sort this, of major public outing? Yeah, this is its second LaveCon outing, but it was at UK Games Expo last year as well. So for those people that weren't watching the Twitch stream when we were doing a Will uh, a Will versus Jarvis um, battle card off. Battle card off? That'll do. Match. Match. We'll go with match. Match. Uh, yeah. Match, match. Um, and which was, which was really good. And if you haven't seen that, then do check out the, uh, the, the videos because that was uh, a really good overview of how this game works. But how's it gone down? Um, it seems to be going down very well. Um, the table was always um, had, had people waiting to uh, play it. So yeah, and, and the reviews have been kind. Um, and I was kind of expecting, to be totally honest, if you're going to, you know, flash yourself naked, hey. and it's and it's an elite, <laughs> dangerous type of naked, do it in front of this lot because they're going to give you the honest answer. <laughs> when you come to LaveCon, you're not. They're not going to beat about the bush. It's not a sort of polite nod, smile, and a thanks very much. That was nice. And off they go, like you get at UK Games Expo. And I have to say, everybody has been very kind. And, um, yeah, we've had some great feedback. So, Oh, and some uh, incredible pre-orders. Because I know people have been messed about slightly with this campaign, it having been pre-order, then um, Kickstarter, and then back to pre-order. Some people have actually bought the product three times. <laughs> um, I'm glad to say only been charged once. But, yeah, we've had uh, incredible support. And, yeah, and, and from a personal point of view, people going in and stick with it. I know you've been messed about, but it's, you know, we can see it's not your doing um and yeah so uh, yeah but it's a great community but then everybody knows that okay so outside of battle cards we'll start with you uh, what's been your most uh, what's been your highlight from the uh, from the lave gone thing what have you really enjoyed i mean is it going to sound shallow to say frontier sticking the credit card behind the bar last night? <laughs> um, right, i'm not sure if that was supposed to go out on the on the mainstream but maybe well, we can use that as an incentive for other people to come and join us yeah, last if year you, if you uh, missed out year. it included frontier buying us a few beers so um, thank few. you very much indeed frontier for that <laughs> yeah actually yeah. i mean we'll, we'll talk about the frontier panel but yes we did have a, a ringer uh coming when we introduced yeah. the the show i did say it was very unfortunate uh, that Sandy Samarco obviously has moved on to different projects, so he wasn't going to be joining the Frontier panel this year. But the, the upside was at least the bar won't run out of gin. And then uh, as we're doing uh, one of the, uh, the events, I, who do I see out of the corner of my eye? But Sandy has done a Stanley cameo out of nowhere and appeared at LaveCon. So yes, yeah, Sandy Samarco was here and he was drinking gin uh, and he was wearing his wonderful cowboy hat, so it was lovely to see him. Yeah. And then the bar did run out of money. And then the bar ran out of gin, yeah. And I'm t talking on behalf of Oliver, who's not here because he cannot be pried away from the retro games room. Um, <laughs> he, he adored that room, and it was amazing. For me, apart from the bar and the free beer, uh, getting to have a go on an Oculus S, I believe it mm -hmm. is. That's the new one without the sensors that you need to attach in your room. I had a go with that, and I, I now must buy one yeah. immediately. Absolutely. Uh, I've got the Rift S at home and my room was a bit of a nightmare to set up with sensors and it, it works so well without sensors. It's a really immersive experience. So 
Yeah, uh, they're not wrong when they say Elite Dangerous and the the VR goggles just match. And if you don't have them, buy them immediately as well because they are awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we've said a few times about uh, VR this weekend that the, you know Elite Dangerous is still the the gold standard game for VR. Um, and the fact that people will bring their own rigs down yeah. and just go, hey, random people, come and try my, <laughs> my goggles and I'm fine and I trust you with it. But again, that's why coming here is, is awesome for us and amazing opportunity to sponsor it for the second year in a row. And yes, please, if Karen's <laughs> listening, we'll sponsor it next year as well if, you, if, if you're looking. But yeah, it was, it's just been a, awesome. Everything has been awesome. But yeah, for me, it was the goggles and, and for Oliver, it was the, uh, the retro gaming yeah, no, the retro gaming, we'll come on to it. Uh, I'm sure whether there's a few other people, but it's certainly one of my highlights as well. Uh, Commander Sean. For me, I've been, I've been spent most of the weekend what I call working the room, sort of going around and chatting to people, getting what they think and stuff like that. So that's been a real highlight for me, meeting people who I didn't know and who are here for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been... It's great to see old faces and you catch up, but it's also been great to see new people who have decided to come along, and that's what keeps the event fresh is because new people come along and they enjoy it. The other highlight for me, and we'll go on to the, the announcements later, is the how much effort and time Frontier themselves yeah. put into coming here. Um, many of the games companies, they turn up, do the panel and go home. <laughs> but Frontier were here, out in force, mixing, talking until the early hours and then some. And then some, And yeah. that's always appreciated to have a games company coming out. It didn't feel like a them and us. It was just they have a different role than we do. And if they can trust us by getting bladdered in front of us, I always <laughs> consider that a real compliment. If someone feels relaxed enough to get shedded in front of you, then that is a true mark of a friend. Yeah, I must admit, I, I, I'm going to digress straight away. Um, but I was at the bar getting a drink and the, and the Frontier crew were there and they were doing, um, they were doing Jaeger bombs. And I did not know that Jaeger bombs have become so popular that they have their own plastic cups where they're actually the, you know, the, the Jägermeister goes into the center of it, which is a molded plastic uh, where you'd normally put a shot glass. That's actually molded into the cup and then the Red Bull goes around the end and they've designed these plastic cups for literally nothing but Jaeger bombs. So, uh, yeah. One of the, oh, in fact, that was the one that had a hole in it, wasn't it? Because I'm thinking the Ben was there now. I'm thinking the memory's starting to come back. So your plastic cup uh, had a hole in it. And when you went to drink it, not that you have a drinking problem, but most of it did end up pouring down your front. That was actually the second time oh, God. I got attacked by alcohol last night. Um, so the first time a certain commander, Yalex, decided to be his usual enthusiastic self and being very expressive, decided to go off and knock my pint. Uh, <laughs> Which was, that was fine, it was only a little bit that came out. And then what was amazing about that, though, was Orange Spark, within about half a second, managed to whip off his pair of socks hey. and offered them to me to dry myself with his socks. <laughs> and you yeah. took them, didn't you? No. Are you sure? No, I just sucked on my top to get the beer out. Okay, I don't know at which point I need to say ooh at this, at this juncture. Is it, is, is it the socks? Is it you sucking your own nipple to try and get alcohol out of it? Or, yeah, I, I'm not sure where we go with that one. So, but yeah, anyway, so we, absolutely we digress. So Jaeger bombs uh, come with their own plastic molded cup. I've never known that before. But yes, Frontier were there and they were yeah, there to the early hours. And uh, it was nice to see that we had a few shared hangovers within the community and the, uh, the Frontier team this morning at breakfast. Um, 
us blaming Frontier, Frontier blaming the community. It was, it, yeah, it was the bonding just session. Like the forum, Absol- yeah, absolutely. Oh. Just like the forums, us blaming Frontier, bonding. Frontier blaming the community. So it was, yeah, it's business as usual, to be fair. I'm not sure if there's a bonding session or just the bottles of whiskey. Well, there was, there was that. So I do uh, have to give a shout out to Will and Sally and the other part of the community team because they, they came here quite nervous of what to expect. Mm. Yeah. And I have to say, they did a great job of they not did, only making us feel welcome, but the whole organisation side of it was, yeah, yeah they, they, they did really well. Yeah, so it was Will Page and, and, and Sally, wasn't it? And it's been a few people's first SlaveCon, and yeah, you know, because we've been here year after year, I dare say we, we're not so much cliquey, because I think that's the nice thing about LaveCon, is that we're, you know, we're fully warm and welcoming to everybody. In fact, it was uh, a guy that's been missing for a couple of years, uh, Commander Dobbo, who uh, said that his biggest complaint about LaveCon is that he can't catch up with all his old LaveCon friends because he's too busy making new ones. You know, it, I think that pretty much sums up what sort of community event LaveCon actually is. So yeah, hopefully uh, Will, Page and, uh, and Sally will be happy to come back again next year. Um, ben, your highlights? I can't probably say my highlights because they happened after the Jaeger bombs. <laughs> You okay. have to tell us now, Ben. You can't keep uh, us dangling. I have certain photographic evidence of... Again, whoa, 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 whoa. That's never a good way to start a conversation. <laughs> and just remember, I, only I'm a little bit saying... came out, didn't it? <laughs> Will and Paige were handling... No, sorry, Will and Sally handling weapons that are bigger than they are. Yeah. I don't know how to take this. Well, that's ruined the flow, Very carefully. Was I think hard. That's so, hard. So, so whose weapon were they handling, Ben? No, no. I don't actually know no. whose weapon it was. No, no. Right. Okay, Pulling the plug on that one. So let, let's, take that, let's take that one gone. into a different direction. So there were some fantastic uh, costumes. Cosplay. Their cosplay from this year. Uh, we had a, an element of the community that did a really great job, and there was. Uh, a phenomenal a futuristic minigun, for want of a better expression, a laser minigun that you'd normally see on something from Warhammer 40,000. I'm assuming that's what it was. That, that's uh, exactly what excellent. it was. Excellent, fine, it, just, to, a, just to clarify. brilliant uh, chain gun, basically. Chain gun. That was made using um, a drill and foam. Oh, it actually went round? Yeah, it went round. Um, the drill static. lasted for about five minutes and only did about 20 or 30 RPM. So it wasn't scary fast drill, but if I was getting shot with thirty rounds, <laughs> oh, you would, yeah, you wouldn't want to. They but... should make it shoot Nerf bar darts. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so amazing! But I don't think there must be, like... be a Nerf chain gun somewhere. There around. is, yeah, there is. There but is, it wouldn't yeah, be allowed at Lavecon because we're not allowed shower, those things. Hmm. Okay, um, again, I feel we digress. So, uh, your, but you can remember before the the Jägermeisters, what was your best Lavecon event memory experience? Uh, I love the way you have to think about yeah. this when we haven't, you know, it's not as if we haven't planned this. It's not as if it's not in the show notes. I, I wrote the bloody show notes, but it doesn't mean to say I know what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, I did enjoy, I, enjoy, I really enjoyed actually setting up Artemis on the Friday night really? and then testing it afterwards. Oh, crap, um, Artemis, I'm supposed to be there at three o'clock. Yeah, uh, so is John. Yeah, so are you. Yeah, um, <laughs> may, maybe not then. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's still another year to go by without me sitting in the captain's chair, Artemis, which is probably a good thing that for cap- all the other teams. Yeah, that captain's chair, though, it gives you a massage when you get shot. It's brilliant. Don't tell him that. He's always going to get shot. <laughs> I was going to say. 
I would spend. I would be very. I would, considering I would be losing badly. I would be very calm and very um, relaxed yeah. during the whole process. It's, it's, it's very comfy, Captain's chair. Let's move on. Toxic. Your best experience so far of uh, LaveCon. Honestly. Yep. Ben coming out with purple hair. Ah. <laughs> Come on, give us the purple hair experience. Considering I shared the room with you. And uh, before, in fact, before you told this story, let me let me talk about what you've been talking about before <laughs> you did the hair thing. So all the way through, when we were sharing a room with Ben on the Friday night, I was saying, "I said, Foz, Foz, um, I need a hair dryer." And you know, for those people that have seen the wonderful Commander Adel device, yeah, he's got more hair than me, but that's not difficult. But he hasn't exactly got a, you know a, a lot Long of long flowing locks. A, yeah. So I, I was thinking, okay. Why does he want a hairdryer? It might be some sort of personal hygiene reason that I don't want to delve into too deeply. I have you know, never shared a room with this boy before, so maybe I'll just sort of, you know, brush it off to, to one side. Um, and then we did find a hairdryer, which was obviously in, in the normal hairdryer place. And if we were... Uh, because everybody keeps hairdryers in their office desk drawer. It's not the office desk, though, is it? It's the only place in the in the room that has a mirror. So if you're going to do... There's a great big chuffing mirror next to the front door. Not that you can sit and at in the bathroom. I thought hairdryers you... came in holsters. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was where you'd normally find a hairdryer, which is next to the desk that you can sit on to do your hair. Uh, so we eventually found this, and I left Ben alone to play with his hairdryer for whatever reason it was that he needed to play with his hairdryer. And then you appeared moments later. Oh, so in from, front of the rest of us. Oh, no, we're, we're rewinding. Sat, rewinding. You're, you're jumping ahead. My bad. So, I'll keep quiet. right, from my perspective, <laughs> I spent the beginning of Friday saying, Fozzer, where do you think the, the hairdryer is? I don't know. Do I need a hairdryer? I don't need a bloody hairdryer. In fairness, this is true. Um, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll deal with it. I then go off and I, I read the instructions for this purple hair wax stuff that washes out. And the first step of it was wash your hair, dry your hair fully, gently apply and massage it into your scalp. You obviously spent quite a lot of time reading those instructions for you to be able to actually parrot them back out word for word. <laughs> I had, because I didn't want to be able to try and read them later. <laughs> um, so I did this and I'm like, okay, well, first part's out the window. Okay, not a problem. I'm trying to do this on the fairly quiet, so the only place I could actually do, because Fozzer didn't go out the room, and he was in the room writing up his 10 o'clock show notes. That's true. So Fozzer was in the room, meaning the only place I could go off and do this was in the bathroom after Fozzer and I had both had showers. Funnily enough, this is a very moist and... Whoa, 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 whoa. Back that train up there, boy. Funnily no. enough, this is a very steamy... No, no, even worse. No, it was not moist or steamy in our twin room. Damp? No. Soggy. No, not soggy either. Unique. Humid. Humid, fine, humid. We'll go with humid. It, it was a very hot and humid environment. And I had just had a shower... So I was like, okay, well, dries out the window. Let's put it in. Let's see what happens. No, 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 not that friend. So I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get some nice scoops of this purple waxy product, <laughs> put it into my hair, pull it through, do what needs to be done. And it's like all clumping everywhere. And then because Congealing. everything's very humid... It then starts dripping everywhere because, of course, I'm all wet as well. 
Worst tangent <laughs> ever. So I come out of this after applying all this hair gel and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, my hands are bright purple. My hair has got clumps of purpley stuff through it. And my face is basically from my forehead down to about my nose, purple. And then I realise I need to put a t-shirt on. Yeah, but eventually we kind of managed to dry off a little bit and get out to the... Oh, and of course we only had about 15 minutes before the, before start. the start of the show. So, so, so it's a quickie then, really, Ben? It's a what, Sorry. A quickie. It, it had to be a quickie. Unlike the story, which seems to be going on a while. <laughs> uh, so it had to, like, I sort of come out here and it's like, okay, managed to get everything off. Still fairly, mo <laughs> still fairly moist. Run out. Uh, past everybody and like, Ben, you've got purple dribbling out your ear. And uh, was like, so go in and grab wads of tissue, and I'm now at the front of the stage, dabbing bits of tissue on, trying to not have purple on, the, at least keep the purple on the tissue and not on, and not all over the stage. Well, I don't know what my highlight, but I know what my low light to Lavecon is. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you, was it worth it? You lot tell me. I I quite like the eventually once I'd stopped. Raining purple, I quite liked it. It looked good. Yeah, if we get the purple rain, it, it looked good. Um, I'm not sure it was worth the effort, but yeah. Colin's, um, Colin's not here to say so himself, but me and him were sat here practically wetting ourselves laughing as he came in. I was trying to call him to see where he was, being a couple of minutes late from the show. I see him coming through the door. Oh, toxic, take us out of this hell and tell us what your uh, best experience of Blavecon's weekend has been so far, mate. I would, but you lot started telling a story. Okay. <laughs> um, the classic games room, I think. I yeah, had a lot of retro fun game. in the classic games room. Mm. Retro games. Um, getting on an old Amiga A4000 and um, seeing if I could get back into basic again. Oh, basic. Basic 5, I think it was running. It's that sort of basic where it's uh, 10, go to 20, 20, print, go to 10. Something like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. 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 No, I was, uh, I was like six when we had a basic machine, which I hadn't broken. Um, so, yeah. And did you manage to? Did you, did you crack the basic? Did you, did you manage to create any pokes? Did you manage to create centipede or anything? I didn't create a game, but I, had to, I created something I had to get rid of rather quickly. Is this something like the old calculators where you could say boobless or something? Or did you manage to make some sort of ASCII animation? No, it'd be a program that asks for a password and then would tell you your password is not long enough. <laughs> Don't ask. Okay, I'm not going to. Um, fine, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, one of my favourite bits, which of course is always a highlight, and that's the Frontier panel. So let's talk about um, some of the stuff that Frontier actually did share with us this year. So um, obviously one of the, the main points was, uh, was DavStots. Um, did uh, a really good presentation on the uh, the background simulation stuff, which um, I'm hoping you guys uh, have more uh, to talk about than I do. But the thing I quite liked about the uh, the background simulation was the fact that 
Frontier never really designed the background simulation to do the stuff that the community decided it, they wanted it to do. It was never supposed to be as granular or as um, detailed as you know what the Frontier or what the uh, Elite Dangerous uh, community wanted to to get out of it. And the fact that you know we've got all of these factions. Um, these community factions that are able to understand the ticks, that are able to actually take over systems, understand uh, how to do that, um, which, as Frontier said, was with quite a basic system, it surprised the hell out of them. So uh, he was giving us an update as to some of the stuff they're going to try and do around the background simulation to make it more fit for purpose, really. One of the things that surprises me about when you listen to Dav describe the background sim is how simple he makes it sound but when you actually say oh i'll just do this and this and this and this and you're thinking i have no idea how you work that out mm -hmm. it's just so above my level of mathematics i like the way you say he made it sound so simple and then it confused the hell out of you am i the only person in this room who <laughs> thought sorry no idea what's a thank you couple of hands there um, he lost me when he started talking about standard deviations and said, no, seriously, it doesn't get any more complicated than this. <laughs> yeah, he, he had me lost pages before that. But it's nice to know that, and in fairness, that the people in the uh, Elite Dangerous community who do run the background simulations, uh, I'm always in awe of them anyway in terms of their understanding of how, you know, how it all works and what, you know, what needs to happen in order to get things to, to go the way you want to. Uh, I just listen to them. You know, they're they're far more intelligent than I am, and I'm sure they understood what Dav was talking about. And it's nice that it's going to be rehauled, so it's uh, it's it makes a little bit more sense to uh, to what we actually want to, to use it in game. What has happened? This isn't, it's not what will happen. It's what has happened already. So you're confused by what has already occurred. No, well, the, the discovery scanner bit was the changes mm -hmm. from pre. 3.3 to what happened in 3.3. So he was talking retrospectively about the changes made in 3.3 to BGS, not what's going to happen. So I obviously missed that bit to begin with. So I was obviously more confused than I thought before it even started. So excellent. Yeah, so never come into a presentation halfway through. So that was interesting. <laughs> um, we had a lot on um, on the new player experience. Now I know we we've talked about the new player experience on the show for for yeah for well just for a while. It's been going on. We've been talking about uh, it for a while, and. Um, yeah, so the voice acted content guiding new players, I think it is a good thing. Uh, we probably weren't the audience to appreciate it, because I think most of us are you know, long-standing veterans of the game. Um, but I think it's nice to be able to get new players into the community, get them into the game, you know, as far as, you know, from a purely selfish point of view, the more players, the more money, the more money, the more time they're going to spend you know, improving the game that uh, we all love to play. So. Yeah, anything that makes it easier for new players to pick up the game and, and, and get going, I think, is great. And I think the effort they're putting into that uh, looks phenomenal. One uh, of the things that Frontier shared with me about the new player experience and things is they said, don't underestimate how much effort goes into making voice actor content. So even though to us it might seem, oh, this is blah, 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 it takes an awful amount of effort to... Um, to do that, mm -hmm. don't underest underestimate the, the amount of time and stuff it took to put that in. Yeah, so uh, 
Obviously, if we're going to get uh, you know, direct input from the audience, it helps if we get you in a, a microphone. So uh, <laughs> Try that take that from the top. <laughs> I was just saying that I thought that the main reason they're doing it is because they're expecting a lot of new players to come in next year with the big expansion next year. So lay the groundwork now yeah. so that when they start playing, it will be a better experience for them. Yeah, that's a good shout. Who are you? Commander Roderick. Commander Roderick. Thanks for that, Roderick. Osric. 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 Yeah. Roderick. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just going to say, I think Wotherspoon, so well. <laughs> Toxic and myself can all appreciate how hard it is to get any kind of voice acting stuff coordinated and then edited down into something that sounds remotely professional and Frontier nail it mm. all the time. It's great. I do. I have to say I had a bit of an existential crisis because I was sat there thinking to myself, voice help? I didn't get voice help when I started, so why on earth should they? And then I was suddenly like, no, hang on, John, hang on, John. More players means more fans there of the go. battle cards, more yeah. fans of EDRPG, more copies sold of both. Uh, don't be so strict. But, I mean, come on. Some of I, I, I could see people sat there going, well, didn't get any help. Nah. <laughs> As I said, we might not but have been the best audience. Things. but I no. think it is such a great idea because I wanted it when I first... Well, could have benefited oh. from it and would have um, become better at it quicker and therefore stayed... Um, you know, a lot of people I know would have stayed around rather than bounced... So it was nice for Frontier to recognise that they were losing people at that point mm -hmm. and to try and fix it. So they did show a few snippets of what the improvements were. I mean, they showed a, a fly-through of an obstacle course come racetrack through what looked like a CQC asset. Yeah. Um, and they did say that these new missions and this new content for new players are going to be available as training scenarios. So you can actually experience them without having to reset your save. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that, and I can see the uh, the sequence they showed of the of the gates, and you flying your shit through them in sequence, becoming something of maybe a racetrack or prelude to to racing up. So you can see how they're going to build on. They just need to do one now for SRVs, and we're away. Yeah. yeah. I really hope though that we. Okay, fine. We've got them in the training missions and things like that, but I really do hope that we also see them around some installations in-game so that certain commanders who like that kind of thing can go off and fly through their rings, doing races, timing it, and all that kind of stuff. I think, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity if we can get that in as well. I think the tutorial they're still missing is how to set your key bindings between updates. So I'm still waiting for them to get the hang of that. So that's, that's my biggest re um, reason why I don't uh, rejoin the game sometimes is because I have to eat donuts. No, I have to... Uh, donuts have just arrived, by the way. Lovely so no, but, um, I've got the best audience here. <laughs> Coffee and donuts in the middle of a show. But yeah, so uh, I still think the uh, if there's only one area for for newbies, it's just the control system. You know, there's so much to do in the game. You know, uh, trying to get your key bindings and understand exactly what all of those do, especially when you've got the SRV driving uh, and also the, the fantastic camera suite and stuff. It can be a bit mind-boggling at times trying to, uh, and I suppose the the scanner as well. Uh, so I think anything that they can do with, to make that easier for new players, I think would be a good shout. I'm so just be a little bit more um, contrary. Than that. I'm going to slightly disagree with what you're saying in that I don't believe the control method is the biggest hurdle for new players. Mm. It's getting used to having no guided content. So once you've learned to fly and done mm. the shifts, all of a sudden you're on your own. 
traditional games, you have a main quest line, you, you're directed on what to do. But with Elite, is you're just dumped in a ship and go told right there to go. And that change of mindset from directed content through, oh my God, what to do next, is I think a big hurdle for quite a lot of players. But didn't they say there was going to be some training missions? Uh, some they are, mission once boards. Done, once yeah. you've done the training missions, then what? So we'll see what they come up with. More but missions. This is exactly, though, what I was asking for after we had the mm. April update. It's like, okay, that's great. You've started a new commander. You're in this lovely new shiny starting area. What the heck do we do next? And now we're finding out that in the September update, they'll show us what to do next. Mm. Um, but I, I've got... I think I share your concern there, Shan, that it'll be a couple of, this is how you fly, this is how you dock, this is how you supercruise. This is where you would go to get a mission and go. Mm -hmm. um, but then and it's also in, 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 you know, on us as experienced players to help show newer players the valuability of content that isn't just about bigger ships, more credits, mm -hmm. more combat rank. We need to show them the cardboard box that is really dangerous but to play with. Also, surely each mission will be of a different type, and therefore, once you've done your various missions, you then get to choose which of those you liked, i.e. there must be delivery missions, there must be bounty hunting missions, there must be, presumably, you then know what you can do in Elite before you're then, as it were, kicked out of the back door and told to get on with it. Hmm. So, to jump in here, um, a friend of mine, I recently brought a friend of mine, Elite Dangerous, and the biggest problem he had with it was docking more than anything. Really? Yeah. Um, that's exactly why they've given us the uh, advanced docking computers, though, that if you are new to the game, you can hit the auto-launch and the, I'm going to park up and let mm -hmm. my ship land for me now and do Didn't all that lovely that stuff that Sarah gave us. True, but back then we didn't have that. I, I actually had to get him to give me his um, email address, password, and login code <laughs> so that I could go and do a couple of missions, get him a docking computer so that at least... Oh, man. Um, you heard it here first. Eula Breach. Eula exactly. Eula Breach. Eula Breach. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay, so the other thing that they, uh, they, they brought to us was, uh, again, trying to unify some of the platforms that Elite Dangerous runs on, and that is the, uh, the new ARC currency. Um, so obviously, uh, we've had in-game uh, in-game purchases for cosmetic stuff for for a while. What this will do, uh, combined with a new storefront uh, that's accessible at any point through the main menu, so you don't actually have to change ships or anything or be in a, a space station. You can go into the main menu and you can buy any of the uh, cosmetics things using uh, arc points. So the arc currency, uh, again, it'll be quite common for. Yeah, the likes of people on uh, consoles to buy frontier points. It's going to be a similar system for that. So, you know, you'll go in, you'll buy arc points, and then you can spend those arc points in game uh, to to buy various cosmetic things. And one of the things that was brought up on the audience when that was announced was it will allow us to see what we've got without having to actually jump into separate ships to see what you know decals and things we have for those ships you will be able to select the ship on the main menu and see exactly what's available for it and, and yeah. what stuff There's you already few, own. There was a few finer details that came out of conversations and also I believe that Frontier have posted on the forum is that, first of all, it will not be initially uh, available to gift people arcs points or paint jobs that are you know, purchasable through yeah. the arcs. So 
a little bit sad, but you can kind of see how that, that will evolve. The second point they brought up, and it brought in my mind the images of the the guy in Red Dwarf with the paintbrush, is <laughs> you'll be able to change your livery of your ship without needing to dock. So if you're an explorer who's out in the black with Christmas tree lights on in now June, you should be able to, 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 to remove them. Um, the other thing that um, to mention is they did say it will just be cosmetics. You're not, there's no pay to win, there's no arcs points for multi-cannons or materials or anything like that. It's just purely a replacement for the store. Yeah. Because, and what Frontier are doing is there are other games with that have the similar in-game currency to trade for out-of-game stores. So you, are, um, you have the Plex system in EVE mm -hmm. and other games have a similar mechanic. They also said that you'll be able to earn arcs through playing the game. Yeah. Now, whether or not that's as simple as a timer, like every 10 hours you get given an arc point, or whether they'll go for the daily system where, I don't know, kill 10 Thargoids, deliver 100 tons of this. And so by doing your dailies, you'll then get all these very common mechanics mm -hmm. in other games. So it'll be interesting to see. Didn't they not mention it was going to be linked to things like community goals and stuff like that? Or what are the community goals called now? Interstellar initiatives. Interstellar initiatives. So, yeah, they might be linked to some of those. Um, the other thing, a question I have is um, if you've already got Frontier Points, Presumably, there's going to be an exchange rate between your existing frontier point balance and what you do. And we don't know what that figure is. Yeah. But I would imagine there will be some. Yeah, um, there'll be some trading. sort of conversion, absolutely. Yeah. Um, ben, you've got the frequently asked questions that are posted on the forum there. Is there anything that we've, uh, we've missed about ARC that, uh, that maybe is worth mentioning? Frontier are confirming it's not going free to play. Yeah. Um, but I have to, I'm. I'm not really a fan of all these points mean prizes systems. I like looking at the store and saying, I'm going to spend two pounds on getting a paint job, <laughs> not I'm going to spend 200 points on it. Yeah, that um, was the other feature, though. They did say if you have like you have a six pack of paint jobs and you only like one, mm -hmm. you will be able to individually purchase the paint job you like. You're not then made to buy the yeah. six you'll never use. Yeah. But that worries me as well, Shan, because at the moment you get like. Six paint jobs for two quid or three quid or whatever it is. Are they suddenly going to be, instead of six paint jobs for three quid, is it going to be one of the same paint jobs for, for the equivalent of two pounds? And I could understand why it might be, but I really hope it isn't going See, to be. See, I wouldn't mind that. I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather not have ten paint jobs I'll never use. Okay, so we've got our opinions. Guys in the audience, anybody got any opinions on the ARC system? Uh, yay or nay? Uh, say your commander name. Uh, commander Geist or Commander Clandestine, depending which account. Now, the, the only thing I'm really worried about is what you, you tend to seem to get with a lot of these points you know, for cosmetics things, is where the pound-to-point value doesn't quite cover yep. a full product. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, a similar thing happened with Diablo, where you, and that was even worse because you actually put in real money into Diablo, uh, Diablo 3, that is rather. And then they took away the marketplace and your, the money you were left with in your Diablo account, World of Warcraft will not refund you. Yeah. Which, I mean, 819, well, not even 899. Sorry. <laughs> I, wonder right. gonna, I wonder what he was going to do then. It's like, 
I just thought you were getting hopeful. <laughs> so, so the question back to you, sorry, just because I'm trying to get it yeah. straight in my own head, is how many, worth, how many days' worth of in-game activity should equal a paint job? In your well, view, no, I agree. Think? I don't know what that, that should be. You know, how would you feel would you, if you had to wait a month um, to get a paint job? A week? You know, what's, no, what's I mean, to me, I liked, I've, I've always liked the, the current system mm. is a couple of quid for a paint job. Yeah. It's a price of a cup of coffee. That, to me, is a good way of doing it. If that becomes 250 points, which you've had to pay five pounds for yeah. or something, it, and it becomes a where you're left over, you have leftover points, which then you have to buy more of to buy the next thing. It just, it just makes it... Um... I have to say, though, I find it very difficult to believe that Frontier, after having been able to fund an entire season through just cosmetic purchases, yeah. would then risk destroying that by seeing yeah, this I, as, a, I, as an opportunity I, I to, so. to smuggle in a, a massive price rise. Yeah. Plus, they must know, and I'm sure, I don't even think they would consider this, but they must know that the community would be on to them within yeah. a second. <laughs> if, if you want to charge your glasses, there's a particular game that we're all familiar with that you can... What's that, Sean? Oh, well, I think people know. <laughs> anyway, there's a particular game that we're familiar with that allows you to say, I will buy... And the currency used in this game is gems. I, will want, I want to buy 125 gems, and you then charge for a specific number. Yeah. So you can't just buy it. You can buy them in batches, but you can also say, I want this specific number. So I would hope that would be the route that they go, because you say, no one wants to buy 1,000 arcs and only have to use 100, and then you've got sticking in the bank in the vague hope a paint job comes up that you, uh, that you want. Do you think that another thing that's quite common is you can buy, say, one arc for one pound, a mm. hundred arc for nine pounds, a thousand arc for seventy pounds? Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? It's very difficult because when you start buying points for real currency, um, people then start making comparisons between the currency exchange rate used in the game and your localization versus how many you get. Mm. So typically, you know, it's it's a it's a one or something per UK pound. Where you go to the US or somewhere mm. it's it's one and a half or so there's this perception that you're somehow ripped off by you know buying in the UK. I mean the reality is you've got VAT, you've got other taxes and the other stuff comes out but that's always a difficult when you are buying points for a different currency. So it'll be interesting to see which way Frontier go with that. Yeah, did they give us a, a time frame as well when they're going to roll Arc out? September update, isn't it? September update. Okay, yeah. so watch this space. Uh, did anybody have anything else on Arc before? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Commander Roderick? Oh, you're going to do it in. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he said he's got a question, so yeah. after no, you, Commander uh, Osric can it's go. A, it's a comment. Um, you don't have to just buy uh, buy it with currency. It's also earnable in game, or there is I don't know whether it's credits or not. Yeah, I did ask Will the question, and he said, "Well, there's no exchange rate." Yeah, you won't be yet. able to buy arcs with credits, apparently. Yeah, so it's, <clears throat> I don't know what the exchange rate between credits and points are, but it's on going on his point of uh, yeah, you spend a bit of money. You buy something and you've got something left, but you can always build that up again 
from yeah. in game without actually costing you anything to get the next thing you want. So you're not going to have leftover over points that do nothing. You can always use them. That's the kind of point. Also, um, I suspect, I don't know, but I suspect that one of the reasons uh, why Frontier are pro the ARC system is also because if you have mm. a new initiative that you want to roll out and you want to get yeah. pilots turning up to this particular initiative, then you offer them ARC payment as a reward for participation mm. in it. And therefore, that gets the spikes that you maybe need, not just for statistics, but also for the fact that you've got the right number of people trying a new thing out. Yeah, but it's also been... On these, been asked for for years. Do you want to just come and sit down here on the on on the on the pallet? There's just quite a few hands going up. That's all. Cheers, Ian. Commander Anki, Steve. Arcs for CQC. Yeah, well, that's that's a potential. The the thing that nobody's mentioned. We'll go to Commander Roderick in a second. Uh, yes, I am just going to continue to get your name incorrect for the rest of the show. Um, yeah, so um, the other thing that uh, we haven't mentioned, uh, and we do have, I mean, we've got no confirmation as how we're going to earn these in-game, but to earn them in-game potentially means you can get into gold farming and stuff, uh, which is an element of other massively multiplayer online games that I really don't like. Um, and we've already had the issues in terms of you know, uh, macros and, and, and cheating and stuff like that. You don't really, I mean, I know it's not pay to win in terms of anything else, but yeah, you don't really want to encourage that sort of element of... Um, I thought they said there'd be a cap. Is yeah. They said there was going to be a cap. Excellent. So there's already a way of buying Elite Dangerous credits online through uh, nefarious means. It takes 10 hours to transfer them, but you can buy them. Yeah. Okay, question from the audience. Who are you? Uh, Commander Marco, 2612. I'm on Xbox. Um, we currently have a system where we will go to the Xbox store and buy Frontier points. So if you're looking at a pricing model, there's already one out there. And so, what would you normally pay on Xbox for either a bundle or for an individual yeah, one-off uh, skin? Tenor. For a tenner, you get a thousand points, uh -huh. and three hundred points normally buys you um, like a six pack of ship. So it's exactly the same as a yeah. cash purchase. Yeah. Eight hundred for like a ship kit and yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah, okay, so, so there's already a, a model there. Okay, so unless anybody's got any more points to say, points to say on our call, then we've got one around the front. Uh, Commander Starion. thanks, well, Spooner. One at the back is like coffee. <laughs> now I will say. Um, Going back to what you mentioned about CQC for or RX4 mm. CQC, um, I was sat on the table with Andy last night, the deep in the cups, um, <laughs> and someone actually put that to him, and you saw like there was a there was a raised eyebrow moment. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did it mm. because like the guys that you know RX4 CQC, you were just instantly re revitalised oh, gotcha. the CQC. Yeah, absolutely. Arcs for power play. Exactly, that was the one that was coming <laughs> yeah. to my mind. If they want to try and reinvigorate power play, then how better to uh, reward the people that are playing power play than yeah. by giving them some well, arcs. Existing MMOs had the, da the daily system, as I said, so one of your dailies or weeklies would be win three CQC matches, so that's how they would... I've got to be honest, I find, it, I find it very difficult to believe that Frontier will put some kind of, if you participate in the game for this long, you win this number of yeah, because yeah, you just turn as, your PC as Fossil says that, well, yeah, you just it's farming. Uh, yeah. I think it's going to be event based, and so I can't think of anything better than some kind of CQC tournament <laughs> to win some marks. I think that'd be a brilliant idea. 
Yeah. So, question from the back. Who are you, sir? Hello, uh, Commander Antares Fusion. Uh, I do think splitting up the paint packs is good. It yeah. will definitely promote more transaction sales because uh, me personally, you see a pack of six and you only want one. Yeah. It sort of yeah. puts me off buying them. So if you can split them up, it's just an easy way for them to make a bit of extra cash, even if they slightly overcharge for one. Yeah. The other snippet that came out about paint packs is they have improved the rendering method for paint packs, which means the... Wait, it was probably, yeah, it was on the forum. Okay. Um, they've improved the rendering of the paint packs, which means you can now get more complex paint packs than previously. So you won't just be limited to the three colours anymore. They'll, yeah, they've improved that. So the, the variety of paint packs you'll get will be greater. So I'm not looking forward to that. I know Sally's full of ideas about the sort of paint packs she wants to do. Okay, so we'll leave ARCs for the time being and let's go on to uh, the, <laughs> the worst reveal ever because obviously it uh, had already been revealed by a certain media outlet. Um, fleet carriers have uh, raised their heads and have been confirmed as being in the December update. Uh, it was completely a, a teaser. Uh, they had, didn't go into any really detail... They didn't go into any real details about how the fleet carrier system was going to work. Um, but in terms of an in-game asset, in terms of seeing them, I have to say, they, were, they looked pretty bloody cool. Um, Lord knows how they're going to work in terms of squadrons and everything else, but uh, I think as another piece of graphic design within the, uh, within the game, I think they've really knocked it out of the park. Uh, they are quite aspirational in terms of wanting to own them. Uh, but the fact that they didn't say anything about it is great because it means we can now speculate wildly without any sort of evidence whatsoever about how they're going to work. So, you know, how do we think uh, they're going to work? How would we like them to work? We'll go down the panel uh, and then, guys in the audience, if you can think of how you would like the ultimate, you know, staff fleet carrier to work, then, uh, then let us know as well. So, uh, Shan? Um, well, I had a long conversation with Adam Bergwaite trying to gain some information about how the fleet carriers work. And there's a number of issues that I think perhaps Frontier, and I know they are looking at, but should consider. There's the first of all, it's how are you going to obtain them? Will they be individually purchasable or should they only be available for a squadron to buy? The issue I have with them being a squadron to buy is let's say they have a minimum number of players in a squadron, let's say five. So I have five of my mates come and join, I buy a fleet carrier, they then bog off and do something else, and you've circumvented the restriction. Mm -hmm. The second point about being them squadron only is, let's say I decide to start a new squadron, um, Fozzer here has his own squadron with a fleet carrier, no one is going to want to come to my squadron because I haven't got a fleet carrier, so they'll go to you. So yeah, I'll that's not going to be the only reason, but yeah, go on. So I'm, so I'm actually at an immediate disadvantage in starting off. And the other third reason I, I want them to be so low purchasable is there are a number of players with significant amounts of money they don't know what to do with. That's you, really, isn't it? Not necessarily. No. <laughs> you um, are the Scrooge McDuck of our uh, player game. You, you really are. You have more money than I know of anybody in the game. Shan, you're the only person I know who have had NPCs pay you. <laughs> I just threatened them. Um, to be honest, I think Shan's NPCs have actually got more money between them than the rest of the crew do. Yeah, your actual NPC crew earn how much on a normal game? Um, I, 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 the, the number of, the amount of credits I've paid my NPC crews starts with one nine, 
and it has lots of knots behind it. But anyway, um, <laughs> how many knots? <laughs> many. The many. point. The point many. is. The point is. Is the game has a <clears throat> as a perceived issue is that once you have over a certain amount of money, there's nothing to do with it. You can't spend it. It's just accumulates and gets more and more and more. A carrier then becomes a prestige item, something for that's aspirational yep. for the individual player to buy and gives them an outlet to spend this money on, particularly if it's a relatively low purchase price and you then have to work for and buy modules. The other, the other aspect around carriers, which I'd be interested in how they do, is there was talk about you need to refuel them, I don't know, using grindonium, and you then have to yeah. refuel your carrier and then move it. Well, as I was saying to, to Adam, the enemy of fleet carriers is Discord. Because why should you as a player group have to spend two hours just to move your asset from A to B, where I can go, hey, I'll meet you in Lave at half seven, and you can just go straight there without need to faff around trying to refuel a carrier. So there's all, there's all these sorts of questions that I'm curious to see how it's going to work out. And that's even before we get into, the, well, should they be available and open only? Are they private group? And what happens to them if they get attacked? And what happens if every single um, carrier turns up in right at what, you know, how are they all going to manage? So there's all sorts of questions that I yeah. have, but will only probably be revealed in time. They are going to give us more information on that before before December. They're going to they're going to trickle feed information on that for a while. Ben, <laughs> I'm just thinking. You know, I really hope that they don't make it a bit like how the the cruise ships are in Grand Theft Auto V, where you go off and spend a silly amount of money on a essentially some pretty boat that you can just sit out in the middle of nowhere and do nothing on apart from sitting in a jacuzzi and you know, go and have a bed and go to bed or get a couple of drinks. But there's no real content on it. But it's and then to move, but then to move it around, you, you're paying like a million dollars for your boat, but then to move it to another part of the game, you've got to go off and spend another uh, quarter of a million dollars mm. just to move it around. And that's shit, frankly. Yeah, but it's it, prestige I find item, that it? would depend. It depends how much it's going to cost to move and how far you can move it in one jump. So, for example, if Shan, Mr. Millionaire over here, has got enough money to say, right, Billionaire. my fleet carrier is in Lave, I want it to go to Shinratha Desra or Colonia. Let's choose a real destination, mm -hmm. Colonia. How long would that take him? How much would that cost him versus me going out and doing it in Beluga or... Anaconda, or you see, toxic. You're forgetting the git factor. <laughs> in that, I say, "Hey, Lave, ready? Come on, my fleet carrier. We'll take you off to to Lave all in one go." And then, and then I jump to Sagittarius A and just leave you there. <laughs> I've actually just had a possibly valid thought for fleet carriers. So you know how at the moment you can summon a space your ship yeah. to where you are. What happens if you get on a fleet carrier? And then you can say, take me to, or take this ship to Shinata Desra, uh, or, or, or Colonia, and then it'll still take the four or five days that it takes you. It'll cost a crazy stupid amount of money, but that way you can get your five ship, five or six ships Please, that you've yeah. docked up at your fleet carrier to follow you along to Colonia um, Explorer's Anchorage, wherever you happen to go. And it's a way of just 
playing it forward rather than having to summon everything backwards. Yeah, that backwards. would be a very good use of one because at the moment you can only summon a ship to where you are, so yeah. you have to go there before you can bring your ship. Yeah. And it still if takes If you could six, send your days. carrier ahead of you, then you know it becomes a, a more useful proposition. But yeah. does that not then... Um, carrier suggests military aspects. What you guys are talking about is fleet transport ship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, well, you know, that's carrier, isn't that's it? That's DHL more than anything else. That doesn't exactly <laughs> strike wonders uh, in terms of uh, gameplay for me. Transporter. That's a U-Haul for your exactly. ship. Exactly. Um, whereas I think the idea that, uh, that we talked about on, oh, on the... It's a U-Haul through the waters of Somalia. Yeah. Um, I quite like the idea of it being one of these situations where the gameplay is there's certain areas of the galaxy that you can't get into with normal ships. Say the Thargoids yeah. interdicted certain systems and you needed something like a fleet carrier to actually break through the interdictions, and then that fleet carrier becomes your base of operations within those uh, systems. And you then have to then work ways to take down certain sort of uh, capture the flags or, or beacons to try and take down the interdictions, things that the Thargoids have put up for the rest of the ships to be able to come through after you. But you go over, you're over there in your fleet carriers, and that's where you've got the new, uh, the new gameplay. Should they be destructible? Should they be well? They're either destructible or they then get pushed back out of the interdiction zone. Depends on how much you have to invest in them. Has amazing potential for griefing. Yeah. Because you you only lose your fleet carrier once before you never moved it from the system it was in again. And if they're scareable, oh what fun for players to keep scaring your carrier away and having to use a grind to keep bringing it back again. Well. So you know, there's all sorts of questions that pop up about it. So hopefully Frontier have got a really great new gameplay mechanic that, uh, that is going to be used for, for fleet carriers uh, that we don't know of yet, but uh, hopefully it's not just U-Haul for the galaxy. <laughs> um, ben, I'm going to come to you and then I'm going to go to the audience John. with ideas. Oh, sorry, I'm going to come to John and then I'm going to go well, to no, the audience. Well, no, it was just that I was saying, given the, the number of objections and issues and, and things that, that Shan and the rest of the guys have brought up, I wonder whether the fleet carriers won't be something like an Uber. An Uber? You, do, you don't actually own them. Um, but your, your, your squadron can order a fleet carrier from A to B, and it turns up, you jump on board, and off it goes. Because then all of the issues that Shan has said were going to create problems wouldn't be, and therefore, when it is being attacked, it decides, its captain decides, no, sod this for a game of soldiers, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, and it's your job to protect the fleet carrier, otherwise it will bugger off. Yeah. And then suddenly it becomes just something like a... Yeah, like a big kick-ass Uber. Yeah. I no. have a question for you, John. Who's yes. going to loan a fleet carrier to Lave Radio? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm sure if they've got enough credits. Hey, you just exactly. need to find a you know, sugar daddy that's got billions of credits that's willing to... <laughs> um, and then invite him onto the team so that you know, he can yeah, bank all Under the, the pretense of, of being interested in what he has Do to say. Do you really and, want yeah. to entrust me with transporting you lot around the galaxy <laughs> and you expect to end up where you want to be? Yes, no. because otherwise we will shoot you. Hey, uh, good you, luck. You, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, uh, where's the microphone? Oh, Wotherspoon's going to get it. Excellent. So I thought we might have a few hands for this one. So uh, you, sir, haven't spoken, so we'll go to the right-hand side of the room. Uh, who are you, and what would you like to say? Uh, Elsie, you know full like one from Canon Stella. Yep. Um, fleet carrier is really interesting to me. I mean, we, we want to have one, obviously, but we have um, some control over a mega ship already. Mm-hmm. And um, so one of the most interesting things about it is that you can jump 500 light years, which is in some ways not enough. <laughs> but, um, 
Um, but the only thing is, we, we can only jump 500 light years in, the, in a week, which you, know, you could do in like you know, you an know, hour or so, an yeah. Hour of, yeah, flying. Um, so we were thinking, oh, we'd like to you know take it beyond Beagle Point and get to a point nobody can ever ever get to. But it's going to take six months to fly there, and I'm I'm hoping the fleet carrier will give us something a, a bit better than that. You know, I'm, I, I think it'd be great for everyone to, to be able to have that facility and um, to be able to join in with it. Well, it'd be interesting if anyone can dock with it as well, because obviously anyone can dock on the Gnosis and join us wherever we take it. Mm -hmm. Well, they have pioneered that tech of moving assets around outside the server tick, haven't they? So that is now possible to do that outside the surface. Um, well, we, we, have to book, we have to book the route in uh, like a month in advance. And uh, and they also have to vet it to make sure <laughs> sure that we're, uh, we're 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 not going somewhere they they don't want us to go. Yeah, well, there's there's the there's the, the mega bus isn't there now between Human Guardian Space and there's the proposed mini bus mm. around the colonial area as well outside the six. So I think the work they've done there is paving the way for what what they want to do with fleet carriers personally. I think it's great, though. I'm really looking forward to see what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who else had questions? Uh, we've got two over on the left-hand side of the room. Uh, Starion. You're going to have to wait. <laughs> Was there any conversations regarding capacity? Is it finite or unlimited? Yeah, it's a good question. We didn't hear anything about capacity. Again, it was very much a tease, wasn't it? So there seemed to be a damn lot of, uh, of docking um, pads on the thing. Um, uh, but in terms of, uh, although with those docking pads, was any of us a little bit alarmed that they're all on the exterior? There was nothing that you could fly into. You know, there's no sort of like docking bay, Star Trek wise, with the you know, with the uh, the force field up that you'd go in. Not that I really want to fly up the arse of a mega ship, but yeah, I think I'd much rather dock inside and then go on a pad and land, as opposed to have all the, the pads external and then uh, and then land. They, they were all next to each other, and don't you, when you land on a pad, then go down? You do. And you regress back into a hangar, and of course that will be underneath the pad that you've landed next to. And yeah, hey. but Adam, I, yeah, Adam asked me, "What do you want?" You know, from 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 the, from the um, carrier. And what I've postulated, you you have a relatively low initial purchase cost, mm. and I'm not going to tell you what I thought initially low was, but anyway, um, you have a relatively low purchase cost, but then you have add-ons, so you, your standard chip might come with smaller medium pads. Mm -hmm. You pay or do something extra. Okay. You then upgrade to large pads, and so you can then as a squadron individual. Yeah, you can then have you know an option to have a shipyard, an option to have universal cartographics or whatever it is. Yeah. And you then build it. Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, over, I do. over a period of time, um, I think people sell. They saw basically two mediums, two small and two large. I think on on, on the image. Um, yeah. So my only concern about it being on the exterior side of things is uh, if you're going PVP or if you're in a in a hostile zone, you could still be shot whilst you're you know you're docking. Whereas I quite like the idea of having a battered ship and trying to get it through the slot. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and being protected. Although, again, we never saw anything about the uh, the weapon systems on the, the oh, fleet carrier. Oh, come on, it's got to have a massive, great big barrage of... Well, of you'd hope, wouldn't weapons. you? I'd want to have ship-launched fighters that shoot out like in Battlestar Galactica. Nice. That be... Yeah, that's that's what I want. That's how I want to launch from the from one of those. We are talking about megaships, not a Coriolis, right? I know, I know, but still. No, we're not talking about that megaship. We're talking about fleet carrier. Completely different thing. Still a mega ship compared to a Coriolis <laughs> or an Orbis. Let's take a question from Starion first. Uh, 
less of a question, more of a comeback for what Shan said about Discord being the enemy of um, fleet carriers. Now, I'm part of a squadron myself, um, Federal Reclamation Company. Um, uh, we do a lot of PGS stuff, going to a lot of um, you know, war zones and things like that to you know, expand our area. I think what the cool thing about um, fleet carriers would be is, okay, we can all dock up at it, and then, you know, Squadron League can turn around and say, okay, there's a war going on in X system. We are moving the carrier there so that the next time I log in, I don't have to transport myself there and catch up with everyone else and waste, say, an hour of my playtime just getting from A to B because I'm already there. But you don't actually need the fleet carrier to do that. It's, it's a convenience. It's not a, not a necessity. It, yeah, I, know it's a, I know it's convenience, but I, I do think that would make it, um, you're spending less of your, you know, your, your playtime as downtime, as it were. You can, it's like, okay. Which comes back to the question, is, would you need to refuel it? Because if you have to spend an hour refueling it, you might as well fly there. There hasn't been any indications yeah. of refueling any of the ships in game. Um, there has, yeah. In terms of yeah. mega ships, has there? They have mentioned it, yeah. Really? Well, that was the whole thing no about detail. like refueling jacks when that jumped. Yeah, that's that, true. That yeah. was a CG at the time. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you're talking a station there, not just a carrier. And also, you have to remember that carriers are force projection. They're not just a convenient yeah. way of transporting. They are an opportunity for a squadron or a group to arrive in a system and say, right, we quite fancy a bit of this, anyone else? And then, of course, what you get is you get force carrier against force carrier, blatting at each other with their batteries of, of anti-aircraft turrets, whilst all your fighters come out and fight them. So I go to a different private group than you when, you, when you're not there. And... Yeah, but that's why I think they've got their problem of don't have it in private. And... I was going to say, carriers only work in open. Yeah. 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 Let's, have, let's get people back in open. Uh, other questions from the uh, the audience around carriers? Any things that you guys would like to see? Anything that uh, worries you slightly when the, we bring this game mechanic in? Ian at the back. Just wondering if they have cosmetics. Ah, you see, now this is what I was, yeah, I, I, good, you put this point in. So how about, we, we've talked about the, uh, the guy on Red Dwarf where he's painting it red. What's the cost of a paint pack for a carrier and how long does it take you to actually paint it? I don't know, what's your hourly rate? <laughs> <laughs> no, I certainly won't be painting the damn thing. We also only have seen one carrier. Yeah. Was the carrier we saw, well, was that in quotes, an alliance, an independent carrier, will you have a white, sleek-looking one for the Empire and a more chunky military-looking one for the Federation. Yeah, will there be different sorts? I'd hope so. Yeah, absolutely. What if there's a carrier like the Federation uh, Farragut with the central channel? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You have a Farragut shape almost and then a, a majestic interdictor mm -hmm. shape. Yeah, that's sort of cool. So are we assuming that as it's a mega ship, it will work like the other carriers in terms of it won't actually blow up, it will just bug out? I would have thought that would make more sense, really, to be honest. I'm not Could sure. Could you imagine the insurance? I, 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 will, I will have endless fun making other people's carriers bug out just to make them <laughs> move it back again. Right. <laughs> so, I still have great for moving around for people like that. Where the bloody thing gone? <laughs> Uh, you'd be, I, bet, I bet when you were at university, you were one of these bastards that would go around on a drunken night and picking up people's minis and carrying them off down the road and putting them somewhere completely different. I wasn't different. drunken, but I went 
way, way, way beyond moving <laughs> minis around. But that's Just stay story. friends with Dan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so unless there's anything else people want to mention about uh, fleet carriers, we can move on to uh, one of the nice things about uh, Lavecon is, of course, is everybody that comes to Lavecon gets a, a Lavecon skin. And this year, that was for the, uh, the Crate Mark II, which I don't own, uh, the Crate Phantom, which I don't own, and the Mamba, which I don't own. Uh, so I'm going to have to go out and buy some ships as soon as I get home to put these, uh, these paint jobs onto, which is fine. Me too. I'm going to get a loan off Shan. Um, but uh, do we all like the, the Lavecon skins? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Big thumbs up from the audience. My favourite was the Mamba. I thought the Mamba looked superb with the Lavecon skin, yeah. personally. Yeah. Don't worry, Fozza. I've got to fly 22,000 light years home to pick my crate up. You, <laughs> you do not want a loan from the Bank of Shan. No, that's a good if point. You go to the Iron Bank in Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, the, um, there are some ships, however, that are designed better for the Lavecon skin, or should I say mm. the Lavecon, Lavecon skin looks better on. Yeah. And I have to say, the cutter just looks majestic. So much so that um, Commander Edelweiss has taken a particularly nice shot of his ship blasting away from a Thargoid site, which we've half-inched with his permission and is going to appear in one of the battle cards. Oh. Yeah, but looks gorgeous. Yeah, but Ben then ruins it by putting wings on it. Wings? Only so it'll stick better. <laughs> stick to what? No, 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 and no. Just no. Just remember, only a little bit came out, so we're all right. <laughs> it worries me that I'm the only person in the room that got that joke, Ben. Uh, if I'm on the same level as you, that really is alarming. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's open the mic up from the... Uh, some good news about the paint jobs. They're available right now. So we don't have to wait till the September update for them. So they are live in the system already. Yeah, yeah, Excellent. yeah I have so, mine at, um, in the land room today. So. Perfect. Okay. Um, open mic to the audience. Anything that you've seen from the, the Frontier panel, anything that uh, is really exciting you about the game, anything that you've spoken to people about at LaveCon that you are itching to get home and try out, um, now would be your time to, to share it on the show. And while you're thinking about it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open with uh, one that I got in, uh, in the fantastic uh, panel that we did with uh, some of the guys that have been uh, doing the, the expedition plannings. Um, and it was, uh, it was something I never realized. So when you, not that it happens to people that fly properly, but when you crash out in front of a star after you've been in super cruise uh, and you're waiting for your engine to, uh, to re-tick over, uh, if you actually unlock your next destination, it will take you half as long to actually recharge your engines as it does if you keep your destination locked on. Something I never knew uh, that I learned from Lavecon this time. And I'm not that I make a habit of crashing into stars, but I do. Uh, so the fact that this could half the amount of time, the amount of damage that I take was uh, phenomenal. The other little nugget that I got from them was also when you are fuel scooping, turn off your shields. Shields do nothing in terms of protecting your heat against a star. And actually, yeah, you see, this is the thing. Half the room are giving me the nonchalant, yeah, of course, that makes sense. And the other half are staring at me open-mouthed with their jaws on the ground. as uh, is to say, oh, yeah, that would make... You know, and so with, uh, with your shields off, you can actually go much cooler and you can get much closer to the star and do fuel scooping uh, for a lot longer. By the time I found the button that switches my shields off, I would have crashed into the sun. <laughs> so I think I'll probably, I'll probably save it and and just yeah, when, carry when on doing what I'm doing. Away from populated space, you can use, it's best to turn your shields off and all sorts of things off. Yeah, yeah. silent running, exactly. There's a button on my hot ass to do that, so that'll be fine. Which unfortunately I mean, does nothing about your heat, though. <laughs> but I guess, I mean, 
I have to. I've, I've I've always got my shields up when I'm flying my ship, even if I'm in the middle of nowhere. But you're right; there isn't any point. But I guess there's not really any benefit to having them on at all, is there? It's Until just you want eight. to land on the Ten G planet, then you've got to remember yeah. to turn them back on again. Yeah. <laughs> what are these point, shield well, things you're talking about? <laughs> okay, so uh, apart from those two nuggets, what have we got in the audience? Have we got anybody that wants to share something that they're really looking forward to? Maybe it's in that aspect of the game that you haven't done before, exploration or mining, uh, that uh, you're looking forward to getting back in uh, and trying that. Or maybe it's a new paint job other than the ones that uh, belong to the Crate Mark II, the Crate Phantom and the Mamba. Uh, anything that you, uh, you're looking forward to? Wonderful. I think there we go. We've got one. Alice has got one. Thank goodness for that. Well, I, I don't know. Is this general highlights or just yeah, uh, general highlights stuff you're looking forward to? Whatever you want. I did. I did see something in the land room today, which was pretty cool. Which I think a lot of people forget is in the game, which is the I forget what you've called it, but the 3D mode where you have the red and green glasses on. Oh yeah, and I think stereoscopic. Vision. I think a lot of people forget it's there, and I've never tried it, and it works really well. It works amazingly well. So we were flying through asteroids, and the 3D is terrific. So, yeah, don't forget, your game comes with 3D. Just, and apparently you can get a pack of those glasses off Amazon for a pound for 10. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Or, just, or just don't return them from the cinema. <laughs> the cinema, I don't think, have red and green glasses anymore. It might be an um, indication of how long it's been since you went to the cinema. Uh, yeah, no, I don't like 3D cinema. <laughs> no. Um, but, no, good shout. Um, one question about the stereoscopic 3D. I saw you guys checking it out in the LAN room. Yeah. Did any of you guys actually have the glasses on? Because I, did. I didn't see. <laughs> I didn't see a pair of glasses there. Yeah, they so. were there. They were there. Yeah, it's not. It's not so good without the glasses. <laughs> just I, I was just wondering if you were trying to get any yeah. um, secret details or something, but no. Uh, and that is a key thing. There are so many hidden gems in the game mm. that we just don't yeah. realise. Um, yeah. Anybody else in the room? Yeah, we've got one over there. Uh, it's not, not tips or anything, but the high, highlight of the, you know, highlight for me was um, meeting my other Canon colleagues and, mm. and hearing that you, you know, have been trying out the VR that they put there because we've been doing an experiment with a virus. And um, if any of you go blind, <laughs> just let us know. Um, and uh, it's great, great being able to, to meet up with Pete to... Um, is uh, you know without without him I couldn't do some of the stuff I do on the radio show for um, for Hutton mm -hmm. Orbital. I think if if Ben goes blind, it'll be for another reason. <laughs> well, actually, funny you say that. Um, another highlight, another highlight of of, of the, the weekend was um, I was in the men's toilets again. I'm going to close this one down nice and quickly. <laughs> well, I, I heard if we're going to have any sort of George Michael experiences here, I'm well, not sure no, this no, is the time it, or the place to I, discuss I, them. I heard I heard this voice. Um, someone said. Um, could, could you rub my purple head for me? <laughs> and and it, to my relief, I turned around and it was Ben and he, he was holding some tissues. Relief? Is that a relief? Though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that relief was the highlight. <laughs> so, so rubbing Ben's purple head was your highlight? Oh, In the I men's couldn't toilets. see what was happening to the back of my neck. I was just total dribbling back there. Oh, okay. Let's move on. Ian, please move us on. Yeah, uh, highlights. Uh, I saw Sally this morning. Yep. Inside, with sunglasses. <laughs> so I made a comment about the sunglasses. It hurts. Yeah, no. But it was so much fun, I want to do it again. Yeah, the uh, the frontier team and, and Sally and, uh, and Will and Paige from the community uh, team uh, really did... Uh, 
really did get the most out of the uh, event, I think. It's probably the best way of discussing it. Um, anything else, guys, that you, uh, you're looking forward to or any other sort of comments? Yeah. So we tried Artemis the first time this weekend. And it was absolutely brilliant. Love it. So uh, next time, Foz. Yeah, absolutely. So Artemis, again, if for those people that are just listening to the actual uh, radio side of things, uh, it's one thing that we've been doing for, what, about four years now at LaveCon? Um, it's, the, uh, it's the bridge simulation. It's a crew simula- bridge crew simulation experience, um, which is really good. You get your friends down, and one person will do engineering. The other person will be uh, the big uh, mamba-jamba in the, in the captain's chair. You've also got science. You've got weapons. Uh, I'm saying this like I've done it. I haven't. I've still. This is yet another Lavecon where I've yet to sit in the in the Artemis room. But uh, it's been it's been a really good uh, it's been a really good uh, event for Artemis. A lot of people have said it. They've tried it for the first time, and yeah, it's been really really good fun. Yeah. Can I can I just very quickly jump in on that only because it is connected with Artemis. But um, for the last three years. And just by pure accident, Alex Brentnell has been our captain only because three <laughs> years ago we needed someone. And, and so we grabbed him. He happened to just walk past the room. So we physically grabbed him, dragged him in, sat him in the captain's chair and said, you're leading us. And in the, the last two years, we've come equal first with his fantastic stewardship. And I heard that he wasn't able to come to this LaveCon because he's going through a bit of a rough time at the moment. And so I just wanted to use this opportunity, if I can, to just send out huge love and our best wishes to Alex. Hope everything gets sorted out. And if he doesn't turn up next year, he is in deep trouble. Yeah, we will. Well, in fairness, I mean, you guys are getting desperate. We know you guys are getting desperate because you actually invited me to take his place this year. So if he's not going to get there next year, what we'll do is we'll actually pack up the Artemis rig and we'll take it to him. Yep. And you can complete your uh, your Artemis round in his front room. Awesome. <laughs> and why not just, just call let's... him up and have him on the, at the front on loudspeaker? <laughs> FaceTime. You can yeah. just put him FaceTime in the chair. That would work. Yeah. <laughs> one Staring of the, at the screen on FaceTime. One of the most poignant highlights for me was um, the tribute to Michael. Oh God. You know there wasn't a dry eye in the house when you know when, when we heard about that, and it just really emphasised to me how unique the elite community and Frontier are uh, as the company and the community. And it was, yeah, that yeah. wasn't a dry eye in the house. Yeah, so. that, that, was, that was rough. Because, um, again, that's, Matt came, yeah, it, it was rough, but Matt came and he spoke so eloquently about his, uh, his nephew and, yeah, the interactions that he'd had in his final days uh, with the community and with Frontier Developments and with all the guys that have, you know, Joined up in game with him and, and made his final day so uh, so memorable. And of course, the uh, the audio book that the community uh, grouped together, Drew Roygar wrote, and uh, they got it recorded uh, using yeah. voice actors and uh, presented days, it. To, yeah, it? it was Amazing. done in three days, and it was presented to Michael. You know, I think it was the day before he he yeah. passed away, so he heard the audio book. And I can hear myself choking up again here. Um, but, you know, fair play to Matt. Uh, he came to the community to, to, to thank the community at large and Frontier Development for, you know, the efforts they put into making Michael's final day so uh, so memorable. Uh, and everybody, you know, I suppose we'll use the show as well, but a, a, a massive thank you to everybody out there who has been in the game and who's been flying with Michael um, during his, you know, his final weeks and stuff. And, uh, and making that boy's life, uh, however small, uh, so much, so much better. You know, whatever small improvement the the elite dangerous community could have, and on that uh, on that situation, I'm so proud. 
you know, to count myself a member of the uh, elite dangerous community. And that, well, as I've said before, that there's the best gaming community that is out there on the internet. So no, I think, yeah, well done, Shan. That's a, a good shout out in terms of, yeah, one of the, oh, yeah, one of the extreme highlights. However, you know, bittersweet uh, from LaveCon this year. Um, if and, I may jump on that, I have yeah, to say I'm really proud, not only of the crew, but of the whole community for coming together to make young lad's life the last few days, the best days he could have had. Yeah. I'm sure when we were all kids, our mothers told us, get off the video games, they're not going to do you any good. <laughs> yeah. Now we can turn around and say, actually, mom. Yeah, and that story's been picked up by The Guardian, hasn't it? So, you know, it's gone to a much wider reach, and hopefully it will do something to offset the, the negative, uh, the sometimes negative impact that, you know, gaming communities have with a, with a wider media and, uh, you know, how they can be used in such a positive way. Um, Okay, any other? Yeah, we've got another question from the audience or experience. It's, it's not so much your question, it's the experience of the whole weekend. Yeah. It's been absolutely fantastic again. Um, new things to do. I tried drone flying because of yourself <laughs> earlier, which was fantastic. You know. Yeah, thanks for not crashing it. I appreciate that. Uh, well, well, unfortunately, I did crash Ben's, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it survived. So, so at the end of the day. But, uh, no, but it's, it's new experiences and things like that. And as, as you said, it's. it's, it's the effect that these community that these communities have on a, on an, on an overall on the overall picture of of I mean gaming has got a lot of bad press lately, especially true play gaming. But it's communities like this that really that, that that have the power to change that for, for the better and make a positive community charitable outlet for things. And I think that's really important. And um, I, I talk to a lot of people. At work, you know, in the community, and I, I, I tell them all about elite in the community around surrounding elite, um, because it's such a fantastic community. Yeah. And, and and I know of several people that are planning to come to the, the, the these events, but based on that, because yeah. it's you know they hear about it and they they actually actively come and talk to me <laughs> about it to, to to ask me questions and things like that. So, yeah, excellent. Thank you. So the other thing, obviously, don't forget that we've also got, and uh, it's probably apt to say it's, it's happening after after the show, is we have the raffle, which we do every year. So um, we support two charities uh, through uh, through LaveCon. We support uh, Special Effects, which, I mean, everybody in the community will, will know is a charity that supports uh, people with disabilities to get into gaming and experience the, uh, the, the escapism, uh, the positive escapism that can, uh, computer gaming can provide and the sense of community that we've already talked about uh, to people that have uh, you know, forms of disability where it makes it otherwise impossible to do that uh, has a massive impact on people's um, uh, people's lives and we also have the uh, EDS which is the Ehlers-Danlos uh, uh, syndrome uh, which is a uh, group of 13 genetic disorders which work with the um, the connective tissues within the body which can result in chronic pain fatigue and stuff and we've got obviously a connection with that with uh, with with Karen who uh, who organizes uh, Lavecon uh, who has been you know dealing with that for a number of years so you know it's not just the the positivity that we have that we broadcast out onto the onto the web but you know these are two charities that obviously frontier development sports uh, special effects as well as us but you know the generosity that we have from you guys, not only just buying the raffle tickets, something nice and straightforward, but you know, also offering up prizes as well. Yeah, and yeah, some of the prizes 
are just phenomenal. We've had, you know, personal works of art that people have done about the game that have been here this year. You know, we've had um, we've had posters, we've had stuff that people make. We have a great sort of cottage industry within the community. I see a lot of you wearing uh, some uh, bespoke dog tags that we've actually had, you know, metal dog tags that have been printed at the convention. I myself have got some, uh, which, you know, these sort of things... Um, are great little prizes uh, and just show the uh, the ingenuity in, uh, that we have within the community. So, yeah, overall, a massive positivity around you know, the stuff that we do as a community. And as I said before, really proud to be part of it. So, excellent. Um, what's next? Are we done? Have we got any more? I've got one more comment from the audience, which is um, a friend of mine who's got an all-time high-scoring Galaxians Ah, um, over yeah. this weekend, <laughs> as well as meeting book author Drew Wager for the yeah. first time after receiving a few books, the most recent being Distant Worlds 2. Yep. So, yeah, absolutely. So um, we, we've got a few shout-outs that we'll do as we close in the show, but certainly you know, the likes of Drew we will, we will mention. Um, you know, they, he, is, uh, he is prolific in terms of his, uh, his uh, literature for Elite Dangerous and yeah, it's um, it is phenomenal. So another question from the audience before I go waffling on. Just a, a final highlight: playing EDRPG this weekend. Yeah. Um, and the favourite bit of it, where Yamix managed to kill four thousand people, including himself. <laughs> <laughs> so Commander Yamix, the streamer you guys might have known. Did he manage to do that? Four thousand people and 4, himself. That's got to be a record. Going. I was, uh, sorry, give the, give the microphone back to him. I want to hear how Yannick's yeah, managed how to kill 4,000 people and himself. Um, <laughs> trying to steal weapons from a weapons locker. And he was very keen. Uh, whilst they found a plasma accelerator. Um, and he was inside and the door was locked. And, well, how else do you get out by... Oh, no. Using that and that. managed to blow up a couple of city blocks with <laughs> everyone that was there. Wow. <laughs> I could imagine Yamex doing that, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got a accelerator in an enclosed room. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yes, because Yamex is such a thoughtful soul, mm. isn't he? <laughs> I, d I don't even think I want to know what the dice roll was for that. Was that a double wand and if it could, could it cause that much damage? I don't think you needed a roll. <laughs> <laughs> Foregone conclusion. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Starion, what were you going to say, sir? Yeah, um, just highlight for this weekend is the fact that I'm here for a start. Um, yeah. First time. So, yes, thank you all for taking my virginity. <laughs> Pop your um, cherry anytime. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I broke Fozza. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, highlights, breaking fuzzer. <laughs> um, being able to sit here heckle you guys <laughs> live and on Twitch at the same time. And yeah, I just hope that every time you see me like in the Twitch stream, you're yep. going to like think, oh my God, that shirt. <laughs> well, actually, we we're outside flying drones and it was hilarious to see how many flies, literally little, little bee-type yeah, flies, were surrounded like, oh, you like, because your shirt is so loud and looks so flowery that you have me mistaken for some sort of tropical paradise by the local uh, insect life. Um, 
which was great because it kept the flies off the rest of us. But you were literally buzzing, not just because you were flying the drone, but you were buzzing with the amount of uh, flies you had around you, which was brilliant. Um, you make a good point, actually, and it's, it's probably right to shout it out at that point. Uh, the, uh, the Twitch stream. So obviously not everybody can be here. Uh, and in fairness, there's so much going on around the actual hotel itself. Not everybody can be in all the panels that you want. So, you know, some panels uh, have been more you know, populated than, than others. But what we've had all the way through is, you know, even if they haven't been in the room, we've had quite a lot of uh, audience participating throughout the event on Twitch as well. And uh, we might not shout you out as much as we should do to the Twitch guys, but uh, we have been watching the, uh, the comments being put through there. Uh, so a massive thank you to uh, to the guys on Twitch, and uh, even though you're not there in uh, in person, you are uh, you are definitely here um, uh, with us, and we are watching your comments. So a massive thank you to Alien, who's been uh, hanging out inside there, uh, doing the a great job moderating all of that for the uh, for the last three days. So uh, cheers, guys, and uh, yeah, hopefully. We'll see you here in person if it's not too big a journey for next year. Uh, plus, the uh, the Twitch stream does give uh, make a nice coffee ordering service. Apparently, <laughs> it does. <laughs> and donuts. And donuts. Yes. Coffees and donuts. What, what, we what more could we ask? To be fair, we didn't order the donuts. That was um, unexpected gifts. And going over and above the Call of Duty. I think that one is. We Although I have, I have noticed ever. that you've now confiscated the donuts down that side of the table, and nobody else can actually reach them. No, it's my rider for. I'm not sorry. <laughs> well, if it's your rider, John, for Spider Mine Games, then uh, I think it's quite bad that we've taken them off you. So uh, we'll pass them back Yay, at the table. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Mini but my donuts. donuts. <laughs> Mini donuts. What could get better? Um, yeah, I had about ten of those. So enjoy the last two. <laughs> um, any other things from uh, from the audience before uh, before we wrap this show up? Um, no, okay, so let's, uh, let's just have a, a quick a few shout-outs. So first and foremost, uh, he's, on the, he's on the panel. He's down there stuffing donuts. So whilst he's eating, I'm going to do a big shout-out to, uh, to Spider-Mind Games uh, for being, again, our, our fantastic sponsor for the event. Uh, as you can see, the, uh, we've already heard of a great comment that's already happened from EDRPG. Uh, I've had some of the best times playing EDRPG, and the, the battle card games just looks like it's another product that's going to take the company from strength to strength so thank you John thanks to Oliver as well for thanks for very being much in. indeed for having us it's it has been uh, it has been great um, and uh, another guys that have now gone unfortunately and that's the uh, the HCS uh, voice packs Paul Watson and crew have been down here doing uh, doing a bit of promotion and showing people what the amazing voice packs uh, can actually add to the game and yeah I, I just wanted to uh, I suppose another highlight to uh, this weekend was I was able to uh, actually shake the man by the hand because uh, I've been out of game for about three months and uh, I got back into it uh, by looking at some of the voice packs and thinking, well, I've never really got them to work before, but I'll, I'll give it another go. And uh, the new crew roster scheme that they've got, don't do it. It gets very expensive very quickly. Uh, the ability to put lots of these voice packs into your game at any one time and assign a crew. So I have got... Yeah, in my ship flying around with me, I have Will Shatner, I have Brian Blessed, I have Tom Baker, uh, I have uh, Kate Russell, and they're, they're all sort of engineering or they're science officer, and they're just you know constantly sort of twitting away in the ear. But in terms of making the, the game more immersive and adding something new, yeah, it, it's, it's a phenomenal product. Uh, if you haven't tried it out uh, with Voice Attack, another phenomenal product. Uh, if you haven't tried it out, you know, really do put aside some time and, uh, and give it a go. 
uh, you will not be disappointed. It really does add an extra element to the game. So that's yeah, HCS Voice Packs. Uh, we've already mentioned him. The ambassador himself, Mr. Drew Wagar, has been here uh, for this LaveCon, uh, doing some book signings and, and meeting and greeting, pressing the flesh, as all good ambassadors are uh, want to do. Um, his uh, elite fiction, we have uh, Elite Reclamation and Premonition. But of course, he also has written the... Um, the Lords of Midnight's official fiction. So anybody that had a Spectrum back in the day, you know, we in fairness, this convention is probably his target audience in terms of age range. People that will, you know, understand what a, a Lords of Midnight pull-up uh, is supposed to be representing. Uh, he's uh, he's done that book as well, and he's got lots of projects in in the pipeline. So uh, you know, check him out and Google Drew Wagar and uh, and see what he's up to. But it's been great having him here uh, for the course of uh, of LaveCon, and of course. Yeah, LaveCon really wouldn't be LaveCon if we didn't have some representation from uh, from Frontier. They've been so great at supporting uh, yeah the Lave Radio crew and the community at large. But we've had you know Zach Antonacci, who is uh, you know he's just such a lovely fella. Uh, he's been here. We've had Sally, Will, Page. That's not Sally. Will Page is one person. We've had Sally and Will and Page uh, from the community. Uh, they've been uh, absolutely phenomenal. Some of them, it's their thing, their first LaveCon. We've had Dom, we've had Adam, uh, Adam W, <laughs> and Adam BW. Um, we've had Peter, we've had Dav here. Uh, all these people giving up their time. We obviously had the Stanley cameo by uh, by Sandy Samarco, and it's just it, it makes it makes such a, a difference to LaveCon to be able to share. Uh, our enthusiasm for the game with them and their enthusiasm in the game with us. Uh, I mean, you know that these guys are passionate when you know that uh, you know, Zach actually flew back uh, from his holiday in Italy just to come to LaveCon. So leaving the family behind, came back from Italy just so he could be here with the community. So on a 4 a.m. flight, God. Uh, so yeah, so it really does go to show the you know, the passion that these guys have got, not just for the game but for the community. So you know, it's really great that um, that they've been uh, changing the show notes onto the next page. I've just realised that I've got a few people that I missed off, not least Steve Kirby, who is also here from Frontier, and uh, Sarah Jane Avery was here as well. So uh, a massive thank you for them giving up their their time and, and joining us. Um, any other shout outs that you guys want to make? before we, we wrap up the show and move on to the next thing? No. Just a shout-out to um, the organisers of LaveCon, yeah. I think, um, you know, for, for the lovely Karen and Alan. Just walked in, yeah. For doing such an exceptional job. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, we wouldn't have a convention if it wasn't for Karen. Uh, she's very humble. She's very sort of behind the scenes. Um, but uh, she keeps us all, <laughs> all in our place, yeah. and uh, the wheels on this thing uh, rolling. Uh, if it wasn't for her, the wheels would have dropped off this years ago. So a massive thank you to Karen and uh, and Alan for uh, for organising stuff. So, okay, uh, it was uh, nobody mentioned Hutton Orbital, our sister station. Uh, that was that was. Um, Okay, so they didn't pay us this year, so they squatted. They had squatting rights for LaveCon this year, but their their broadcast I really enjoyed as well, which uh, I should have probably mentioned. Um, and Dockers, late night Dockers, uh, yeah, always an experience. Um, so yeah, so oh, it's, well. To be fair, I mean, this is just the end of Lave Radio, and yeah, to be fair, we should be shouting out the the guys who do the technical stuff. Um, and we will do in terms of wrapping up the convention, but certainly for the show, it should be pointed out that uh, we have a, a fantastic technical team 
that uh, come down here and set up with us. And, and you'll all know uh, Psycho Cow, you'll know Grant, but uh, Grant's brother, uh, Simuf, and also his son, uh, Dylan, have been here and have been doing a, a phenomenal job in making sure that all, all the sound works, all the cameras for Twitch are working, all the projections are working. And... Uh, yeah, they are phenomenal. It's a, it's a labor of love for them, but the, the hours of preparation and stuff that they put into making sure this uh, goes well. <laughs> They've just crashed the stream. Thanks for that, guys. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be uh, underestimated. Those guys, uh, yeah, they are our technical rocks, so we uh, couldn't, have it, uh, couldn't have it without them. So, okay, but that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. That's it for our 250th episode of Lave Radio. Thank you very much to the guys on the panel, to, to Toxic, to Ben, to Shan, and, of course, to Wotherspoon. Where, where, how Hello. have you turned it into Wotherspoon? You were John a second ago. Yes. Well, there he is. Uh, a massive thank you to John from Spider-Man Games for joining us on the, uh, on the panel. Do appreciate you being here. <laughs> if you can get to a microphone fast You're enough. very welcome. Excellent. Um, so that's it for our 250th episode. A massive thank you to everybody that's been in the room who's been giving us uh, uh, inspiration in terms of stuff to talk about and also your thoughts and uh, feedback on the show. If you can give, give us a, a massive cheer... Thank you very much. And indeed, guys, you've been phenomenal. Uh, so, yeah, 250th episode in the bag. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email us at info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash laveradio. We are at laveradio on Twitter. And for future episodes, you can join us on uh, our main hangout, which is twitch.tv forward slash laveradio. And future shows will be broadcast, uh, well, recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30, normally 8.30-ish. We're normally late. Uh, and we will stream it out on Twitch. So We'll probably not have a show this week. I think we'll probably be recovering, so don't expect a show this week. Uh, but thank you to, uh, to all those com commanders that have joined us here at LaveCon this year. Uh, until next time, guys, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. See ya. <laughs> well done, mate. Yeah, we've got Galnet News. Are you doing it live? Are you doing it live? Yeah. Uh,
Lave Radio, episode 200, part C. We do the episode because they couldn't be bothered to. In this week's episode, we get a bathroom update from Cow. We discuss the latest development news. We chew the fat on the way we'd like the game to work if it didn't work the way it does. We slap ourselves on the back by reading out some iTunes reviews. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 200, part C of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it in a highly unstructured and disorganised way. Joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are some people with microphones that only work intermittently. So what have we all been up to this week? Some tiles were laid in Grant's bathroom, but one of the suppliers let him down. Ben has been slogging through deep space on some expedition or other, and Chan has been blowing up noobs using an anonymous sidewinder. Commander Souverine has been getting married, and Phoenix Defire has been repairing miniature ships after an accident involving a cup of tea. Fozza has a long and involving story about a children's party that uses up the next 25 minutes of airtime. Let's go for an advert break. Eddie Lee Wise, Colin McGrath, Fish. The latest news from the Pilots Federation. There's another of those interstellar initiatives that are supposed to be more interesting than community goals, but are really just community goals. There's allegedly much more interesting news just around the corner, but unfortunately, the corner is a very long way away. Come back to LaveCon 2020 and Lave Radio episode 300 to hear more. Main Discussion We spent so long talking about bathrooms and children's parties that we don't have time for a main discussion this week. But Sean doesn't understand why the galaxy can't be more like World of Warcraft. And Ben is confused about something simple. <laughs> if Alan is present, he'd like to discuss game loops and mention Phoenix Point. At length. Let's go for another advert break. Really big gas tank, onion head, in the style of train spotting. It's time for the shout outs. We've had a lovely five star iTunes review this week. A Mr. C. Forrester writes Lave Radio is my favourite podcast about a one to one scale simulation of the entire Milky Way galaxy that's broadcast live on a Tuesday night and always features at least one Scott. <laughs> it was good to hear Fozzer on the show. He is my favourite presenter and his stories about children's parties are so amusing. LaveCon 2019 is from the 5th to the 7th of July at the Sedgebrook Hall Hotel. And if you are only just hearing about this now, I'm afraid you are too late. Except for the raffle. 
And that was this week's episode of Lave Radio. Lave Radio, we keep trotting out the same tired old formula. So you don't have to. Glad you liked it, Fozzer. my will